and welcome to The Point Being, the Arizona Daily Star's opinion page podcast. My name is Sarah Garrett-Gasson. I am the opinion editor at The Star. I'm here with Edward Salaya, our opinion writer. Hey, folks. How's it going? And podcast producer. And David Fitzsimmons, our columnist and cartoonist. Howdy doody, humans. <laughs> so today we are talking about a couple different things. We had, uh, Edward, you had a whole like rundown ready to go, and then a couple things happened today that we'd like to talk about instead. And we will get back to gerrymandering. Don't worry. Darn news. Never fear. It'll be around. Well, it's always happening in things. It really is. So let's talk about the federal prosecutors to retry the case of border aid worker Scott Warren. So just as a quick recap, um, the jury, the federal prosecutors uh, charged him with uh, charge of conspiring to smuggle two Central American men and then two charges for harboring them. The jury deadlocked eight to four on three of the three felony charges a couple weeks ago, and now prosecutors are saying that they are going to retry him on the um, giving aid to, to the two yeah. Central American men, uh, but they're not going to pursue the, the smuggling charge again. What do we think about that? Uh, first off, I think they start. They probably realize that the, the smuggling charge, uh, the reason they're not bringing it up again is because they know they weren't going to win. They weren't going to get that charge to begin with. Um, and I, I think now that they're charging him for the really the humanitarian aspect of what he did, I think that, uh, and I, this kind of goes back to the point we made last week, the cruelty is the point here. Um, oh, I think you're is, absolutely yeah. right. That's the. I think that was uh, the, the point of the original prosecution, only this time they're being intellectually honest. Mm, yeah, yeah. Maybe this time they'll actually... I, when I was following the trial last time, to me, their case didn't make any sense no, to right. begin with either. No. They, and I always, uh, if you're doing a jury trial, I always think of it as the old whoever tells the best story usually yes, wins. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, I, what was their story? They didn't even have a coherent story last time. And I just don't think they're going to have a coherent case against this gentleman. Um I, 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 we were talking about this a little beforehand. I, I don't think these prosecutors really want to bring these charges. You I don't? think this is coming from Why on not? high. Have you, have you, did you uh, see any of the? Uh... I, no, I was not there in the courtroom. Yeah. But I just feel like this is something that I feel like prosecutors know when they can, when they uh. are going to win, or when they not so much like if they agree with a case or not. Uh -huh. But I think that they see they've got to have seen that it was eight to four. Um, Right. It wasn't like it was like eight to four in favor of mm -hmm. process or of uh, convicting him. I just think that this is the new this is the new protocol from here on out and how we're going to be trying these folks. Yeah. So um, it's and the this, nudge from upstairs. Yeah, I think this is totally the nudge from upstairs. Well, it is the first high profile case that the U.S. Attorney's Office in Arizona has decided to retry under U.S. Attorney Michael Bailey, who Trump. Uh, nominated in the Senate recently confirmed. So whether or not the local prosecutors are fully on board, um, that doesn't really, I guess, that the, the push obviously is from on high. That does not, I mean, I know nothing about the prosecutors who are are making this case, so I'm not going to assume that, that to know what they really think. I mean, their job is prosecutors, and that's what they do. Um, I think it is incredibly revealing and disturbing that 
the the charges that remain are the ones that are about humanitarian aid and about assisting other human beings in need. Mm -hmm. It's very politically driven. It's very, we want to make a point. We want to break these uh, kind of groups that, that support people who are trying, who in support in a humane, here's some water and let me treat your blistered sort of way. Uh, people who are making this, this migrant's journey. I think there's, there's no other way to read it. So in a sense, do you think that it's perhaps this is more significant than the initial case because of the precedent? Yeah, I think it is. I think the the smuggling charge seemed really far-fetched. And, I mean, just from, you know, reading the coverage yeah. um, and very, very convoluted and not a good case to, to bring to trial unless you're trying to make a political point. But now I think with just focusing on the aid, the giving other human beings assistance when they need it, um, is is just so crass and so just nakedly um, aggressive and punitive that I think there's no other way to read it. Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I am a heathen and not a profoundly religious man, but I'm struck by the parable of the, the Samaritan, and one has to wonder if you go back a couple of centuries, would this Samaritan be prosecuted by the United States government? Yes. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, one more thing, kind of back to the point they are to the charge they dropped. Um, that charge always seemed to me a little weird, and like they were almost trying the I forget his name, the gentleman who led the um, uh, the caravans from uh, Central America up to the the border here. His name is always coming up in this trial. Um, it felt like when they were talking about Scott Warren smuggling that they were really trying to almost charge this gentleman who is an unnamed co-conspirator, it seems like, in this trial. Who was arrested by Mexico recently uh, yeah. on those charges. And I thought it was interesting today that now Scott Warren's uh, attorneys are looking to find this gentleman too. So I'm not sure what that's all about. I'm not. I'm not sure either. I will do want to point out that our uh, journalist colleagues here at the Star, um, uh, Kurt, Kurt yeah, Prendergast, Kurt yeah. sorry, and our, Alex Devoid, yeah, our, our colleagues here at the Star, uh, Kurt Prendergast, and our new uh, data guy Alex Devoid, looked at. Uh, a lot of data with these sort of cases that the U.S. government has brought against people for smuggling, that sort of thing. Um, and I thought this was interesting, that out of all 361 cases that the Star investigated, Warren was the only defendant uh, accused of not trying to make a profit. So everyone else was being... Uh, you know, they were accepting money to be, you know, like Smugglers, a stash house or dropping someone off. Mm -hmm. There yeah. was never any question that, that Scott Warren was trying to, or any assertion that he was trying to profit. He was, it was humanitarian aid. It wasn't uh, financially motivated like, like other cases. It just, I think, to underscores me. just the punitive and not in a legal way in a human cruelty way, which we talked about before. And the um, the retrial is set for November 12th. 
And I'm... Oh, my. Election season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Warren is, worked with uh, No More Deaths, and which is an organization, as we said, that, that offers Samaritan humanitarian aid. And it is, I think, very much the goal to drive these sort of organizations um, into reacting with fear of what can happen to them personally and the legal price they can pay as individuals for doing what their conscience tells them and offering humanitarian aid of food and water and basic medical attention to to people in distress. I wonder how far I can speculate into an inappropriate corner here, imagining that perhaps <laughs> the logic is, well, if folks uh, south of the border hear that there's no humanitarian aid in the desert and the odds are good that you will die, perhaps that will stop them from coming. So yeah. it's worth all those people dying as they have for years and years. Well, there's been 3,000 undocumented immigrants who have died within the the jurisdiction of the Pima County uh, Office of the Medical Examiner since 2001. That's 3,000 people. And, and those are only those the, are the ones, ones they find. that, that they, they find. find. And people keep coming. I'm sure there are folks out there right now. So, David, you had your Saturday column, which I thought was one of your very best of all time. Thank you. Um, very good. And it was told from the point of view, um, not quite the point of view of the, the person making the decision to come, but, but very um, individual, very personal. Could you talk about I how to... you decided to do that and, and how you did it? Yes. I wanted to force, pardon me. Yes, I wanted to force uh, the reader into the uh, migrant's shoes, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as the migrant family began to meet uh, their cruel fate, I wanted to remind the readers of uh, the additional cruelties uh, held in the hearts of many of our fellow Americans at the same time. And uh, by contrast, uh, bearing that cruelty for uh, the monstrous emotion that it is. And it was a, it's a purely, uh, in a sense, an, an emotional column, but it got a, a very uh, positive reaction. I got some hate mail I wondered it. about that. Mm. Uh, in fact, I, I brought along one letter. Oh, we'd this love to hear it. This is a good recurring segment. Yes. I like this. And, and this is, uh, this is uh, I won't share the name here, but uh, it says, <laughs> they shouldn't have broken the law. I broke the law, and I went to prison. If you can't do the time, don't do the crime. Change the outdated law and quit playing politics. Those are Obama's cages. When are they going to replace you with a Filipino? Soon, I hope, and Stellar, too. Nice reference to Tim Stellar, yes. Star yeah. Metro columnist. Um, yeah. I, small detail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going to prison is not the same as dying of exposure mm. in the desert. Mm -hmm. Small yeah. detail. Just a little, little different equivalency, just a bit. Yeah, and uh, you go to prison for criminal behavior, and I do not believe in open borders, but I will never feel it's appropriate to criminalize any aspects of immigration. Yeah. Yeah, um, misdemeanor here and there, but yeah, should criminalize it. Because immigration is different than struggling, struggling smugs, smuggling drugs, or people. Mm -hmm. Or uh, guns. I mean, there there are criminal things you can do by crossing a border, yeah. but immigration is a, a 
has been a civil matter, and it's not in the same uh, category. Same, yeah, at this all. isn't not even this. It, it's not even in the same sport. This is not the same ballpark. This is to me when I hear these sort of equivalencies, uh, I always start wondering, like, well, folks, like, are you gonna are you gonna have somebody be thrown in jail for for jaywalking? I yes. see jaywalking pretty much every day. Um, are we going to do it for speeding? Are we uh, all these civil violations? Um, and the stereotypes in their heads, the fear will not permit them to see the migrant as a human, a human, and from my perspective, a relatively innocent yeah. human. Yeah. So let's move from Scott Warren to um, the other immigrant-related issue that came up today. It looks like the Tucson group pushing the Sanctuary City initiative says it has uh, enough signatures to turn into the city to get on the ballot. So they needed uh, 9,241 9, signatures from uh, uh, registered voters in this who live in the city, and they say that they're going to turn in about 18,000. Double. Wow. Oh dear. And anytime you do a political petition, mm-hmm. you always get more because some mm-hmm. people, there always will be ones that are thrown out for one reason or another. But that's a significant amount of people. Yeah. It is significant. It does not surprise me in Tucson that there would be, that they'd be able to get that many. Yeah. Um, my heart certainly agrees with the sentiment, but my head rather skeptical yeah. of the Im- and particularly considering what what might the impact be my i always worry more than even the actual impact the the way it can be played and spun in certain uh, corners of the media mm-hmm. number 1 it's kind of a symbolic gesture to begin with um i feel like True. and i i feel like this city especially tucson and even the county um kind of already are a de facto, um, at least if you look at it from the, the states kind of, they're, they're always in opposition to what's going on at the state house here. Um, I believe there's already been a few calls to unofficially make the city a sanctuary city. Isn't the term a well, welcoming city? Well, yeah, yeah I think we're an immigrant welcoming community. I, but I'd it's to important know. to note that there's no legal definition of what a sanctuary yeah. city and is. Aren't I mean, we, the <laughs> ICE, or excuse me, Customs and Border Patrol, they're not at the jails right now, are they? Because of the Stone Garden funding in the city? They're not. They're they not are not. It, that, that has been changed. Yeah, that so has been to changed. Me, like, I don't remember the yeah. exact reason, mm-hmm. but so I don't want to say it's directly tied to Stone Garden one way or the other. But yeah, the the point that the sheriff um, has made and that the police chief has made is basically that we're kind of doing yeah. and not doing things with law enforcement in our local community that that other that would be covered by the sanctuary sanctuary and there's air quotes yeah (laughs) Um, you're gonna love these folks without waving a giant giant bullseye over our heads right so the tucson families free and together initiative supporters argue would put the force of law behind many guidelines already in place here about circumstances under which police can ask about immigration status already tpd and i'm pretty sure uh 
Pima County Sheriff's Department, they're not asking victims, they're not asking witnesses, it's not something that is, they're very aware, I mean, like, if you listen to the police chief, he's very aware that once a community is afraid to come forward and talk right. about... They can't work with them anymore. Yeah, yeah they can't talk, um, people don't report crimes, people will not uh, prosecute, you know, offenders, and that it, it's a criminal... It's a public safety issue, not just for people who are immigrants or living wow. in neighborhoods with immigrants, but for everyone. To, to play devil's advocate, I assume that po those policies are not in any way really legally codified, uh, that those policies spring from the administration of those law enforcement offices, you know, from the sheriff mm. and the chief, and chiefs and sheriffs come and go. And the city council is part of that, too, and, uh, and that's, you know, they come and so, go as well. So I understand the drive behind it. Yeah. Um, I also understand that as soon as something like that happens, there's going to be lawsuits, mm -hmm. there's going to be challenges, it's going to come from uh, different interest groups, it's going to come from the legislature, it's uh, inviting... Yeah a huge mess of legal troubles instantly, not to mention the the political part of officially declaring yourself yeah. a sanctuary city when there's no legal definition of exactly. what that is. I just think that, God forbid, anything were to actually happen with uh, an undocumented person where they actually do commit a crime. This administration has made clear that they will make no bones about making something like that into a political issue mm -hmm. um, against not just sanctuary cities in general, but it would be Tucson in particular. Yeah. And I, to me that just, that's not something that's worth the risk, especially with like, uh, to me it sounds like we're like Tucson is almost already a de facto sanctuary city. That's what critics of it say. Yeah. But Steve Kazachek, city councilman um, has written on our page before that, Basically, we're doing all the things, or not doing all the things, that, that the organizers of this effort want law enforcement to do and not do, and that it would just basically put a big bullseye yep. on Tucson. And But there's other people who make convincing arguments that this is the right thing to do, and we need to take a stand and and make it official in a way that protects, as you said, David, from, you know, political changes in the city or at the county level that that could kind of shift the winds. What do you suppose, uh, what, from over there, you, you read uh, something about how uh, uh, making Tucson a sanctuary city, how would it affect the law itself It'd be used to? It would basically put in into law, it would make official um, through this, bypassing this initiative, Practices that TPD already has in place, uh, like not in, um, not so to make official. Like, yeah. hey, what's unofficial? It's official. This initiative would essentially be telling these two law enforcement agencies how to do their jobs. Yes, in terms of and, uh, immigrants. Yeah, and yeah. the city council is. I mean, this is well covered uh, um, area for the city council and the. Um, law enforcement, and I have to say that uh, the police chief, uh, Chris Magnus, has spoken openly about how 
when you have communities who are people in a community who are afraid of law enforcement because the stakes are so high for them personally um, that they're not going to come forward about what they've seen, what they've experienced, and it's something that affects everyone. So, uh, yeah, complicated It's issues. complicated, and it's heart-rending, and I... Every time we have a discussion like this, I always think back to the thought, I'm sure on the shelves there in the United States Congress, meaningful immigration reform yeah. that could put an end to all of this nonsense. John all McCain this was right. Yeah. Way back in the Gang of Eight. Yeah. Even though he then said he never, anyway, yeah. he, mm -hmm. he backpedaled from that. Yeah. But so what else is on your mind? So uh, just as far as some other local things, uh, I know that this last weekend, weekend, there was a big uproar, um, especially on University Boulevard, 4th Avenue, and downtown, about the city's latest proposal about making paid parking, extending it to perhaps midnight, and perhaps extending the areas they're having paid parking. And, yeah. And I will say that I had... Uh, lunch with a city official today mm -hmm. yeah. uh, who said we did not know what, that this was coming. It was basically an idea that one of the groups came up with um, and that they are not, the city council is not really excited about this idea. Glad to hear that about that trial balloon. I uh, I understand the need for revenue. Yeah, and you know, maybe but... it's because of my recent travels to California and up to Phoenix, but I can't think of a major metropolitan area that doesn't have paid parking till at least 10 o'clock. Not in all areas of the yeah. city, yeah. but at some in some areas, especially... Uh, like if you were to try to park along the street, the equivalent of the streetcar in Phoenix, all uh -huh. of those spots are are, are metered spots. Uh -huh. um, and to me, it kind of makes sense, at least downtown with the churn, um, two-hour parking. Yeah. Uh, there are times when I, when especially during the fall parts of the year where it gets packed, it's because it's just a great time of year to be outside. And parking is, is really hard to find downtown. Now... On 4th Avenue, it's pretty easy. You just go into one of those side streets, and I'd probably have a little problem with somebody trying to make me pay for parking in the, the middle of a what seems to be a residential area, but... Is that in the permit, permit parking area? Yeah, that's 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 kinda, a whole other thing, isn't it? Yeah, and that to me is like... Oh, I just, hey. bring, a, I just bring a screwdriver along to take <laughs> down those signs. I put them back when I'm done. Um, so I can definitely see the argument for some metered parking, more metered parking downtown. Yeah, discourage uh, driving. Yeah, that's the yeah. other thing, too. Um, you, you got the, the streetcar down there. Uh, I've, there's been a couple of times where I've been on it where somebody parks so far out of their spot, uh, they have yeah. to stop it. Mm -hmm. um, you could kind of eliminate or at least you know mitigate more of that. Yeah. Um, I'm not necessarily all the way against this proposal. Um, well, but what would the revenue be used for? See, that's the thing. Road repair. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Maybe for the kids, for the, the early child, early childhood education, early childhood education through parking for bars. <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or cigarettes, damn it. Um, <laughs> so what are some other things that I've seen uh, kind of in town lately? Um, I don't know about you. I'm really excited about the Santa Cruz River. I'm, oh wow, that was it, you know it's Fourth of July week here, and I'm going tubing. I am tubing the Santa Cruz. You are going to have some uh, 
gravel scraping your, I, your bottom. That's Friday's that cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know if you guys have been down there yet. I, I went down this weekend. Uh, it has passed the Speedway Bridge. It is on its way up to Grant Road, slowly but surely. Wow. Following the tire tracks of, I'm guessing, some sort of massive earth mover. Um, wow. But yeah, it's uh, as you f- go farther up, as I, I or I guess farther south, uh, it runs north. It actually looks like a right. It's looking like a riparian area a little wow. bit. Um, uh, I'm all I'm for it. it. Keep it going. Oh, me yeah. too. Yeah. Okay, this is a really stupid question that I should probably not be asking in public. But when I was reading <laughs> Tony Davis's story. Uh, very in-depth, lengthy story uh, from a couple days ago. Uh, he talks about, you know, obviously the the hope is that riparian area, insects, birds, frogs, fish. Mosquitoes. How do the fish get there? Oh, I am so question. proud of you because I had the same question between my ears. And these were the theories I came up with. <laughs> Do the fish eggs get there through bird poop? How do Maybe. the fish, or or does uh, some agency place the eggs? Or I was wondering this, so I I read Tony's so, other so story. So I'm not the only one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know. So I read his other story from this week about the asakia they set up, mm. which is I guess basically a ancient uh, word for canal or the sort of canals mm. they used back in Tucson's birth. Yeah. Um, the but birth canal. There is an agency that is releasing native Arizona top minnows into there. Oh, cool. That okay. is also responsible for doing the same thing for the Santa Cruz. River. Oh. I forget the agency. I don't think they put Santa Cruz trout in there. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I yes. should have read both stories more well, I, thoroughly. Yeah, I would not have known if I had not, because I actually thought the Asakia story had something to do with. Uh, I thought it was like kind of like, hey, here's this other project that's right along the banks of the Santa Cruz. Yeah. Um, I, I, I couldn't be happier about this uh, plan because uh, I live in the far northwest, and I often uh, bicycle uh, the bike path <laughs> that follows the Santa Cruz <laughs> as it's uh, north uh, in the area of Ina and Silverbell, and it flows, and it's a rich riparian habitat. And I've seen cranes. I saw cranes <laughs> on occasion. I've seen a remarkable array of birds and wildlife there. And it's uh, it's an amazing living river of sewage. So my, my question <laughs> kind of is then, Excellent. excuse me. Is, <clears throat> there, is it a possibility that what they're releasing here, if they were, let's just say they were to release more of it, would it eventually meet with that riparian area with that? Or well, is it they segment? release it at the Sweetwater uh, site, and it flows north. Okay. Yes, it doesn't flow south. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I never know with, like, these rivers here. They they can run for, like, a mile, and then you, you go another, and, oh, wait a minute, that's uh, the Rito. That's not the Santa Cruz. So. It's, uh, it's worth seeing, actually, because it's a fairly wide and deep river now. That's wild. Of, uh, of this effluent, and it's uh, it's a rich riparian Habitat, yeah, it's awesome. Which I uh, hopefully uh, the Santa Cruz will become one day. Yeah, it's so funny. Just so we're me and my brothers and sister were desert rats. We're from Arizona. Yeah. Um, most of our vacations growing up, we would you know drive. We would drive to everything. So there's no real rivers other than the Colorado River. When we originally first crossed, when I the first time we remember crossing into California, we thought we were crossing a lake. 
Um, <laughs> because that's not like rivers. Rivers are dry. What the you know like yeah. who actually puts water in this? This must be some canal or something like that. So for us, rivers are these little things. Like yeah. they, you know, when I go see people back in the Midwest and they're like, "Oh, our city's divided by a river." Well, it's like, well, well, that must be a pretty dry riverbed. That's that's unfortunate. Um, and then you see real water running through it. I hope it's just the beginning of a spirit of restoration and preservation in this valley. That'd be pretty cool. Now hopefully we could expand that energy to, well, stopping a mine in the Santa Rita's oh. or saving a river called the San Pedro <laughs> or, yeah. I bet you people would be more along the lines of, how can we make this into San Antonio? Yeah. Like the river well, walk there. Yeah. Um, Which is an awesome river walk, by the way. But I've heard. I've never been. I've it's, heard it's uh, beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful river walk. But I, bel- I uh, oh, this will not be accurate because I'm saying it. But the river walk has existed for decades in San Antonio. Uh, it's, okay. it's, uh, it was a part of the early city itself. Gotcha. So it wasn't like a great urban renewal project. But it, it's uh, not like that thing in Tempe that they like to call. Yeah, like, it's not canal. like that thing in Tempe. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah, it's a lovely uh, river walk, uh, but. Uh, I think uh, this will have a similar impact here in Tucson in that it will uh, draw people to the area, make it more aesthetically pleasing. Mm. Mm. So what other aesthetically pleasing sort of uh, correspondence have you received this week? (laughs) Well, uh, I have two more notes uh, from uh, the column I wrote, um, and uh, I want to share these. This one's kind of uh, – well, they were all interesting, the letters I got, particularly the positive ones, because people uh, wanted to tell me their stories. Uh, and this fellow here uh, said, I enjoyed your column today in the Star. wish I could get my wingnut relatives to read and think about this. Visit a relative of mine in Gilbert a couple of months ago. All they could talk about was immigrant problems. <laughs> ones I hear from were all raised in the Midwest or have lived there most of their adult lives. I was riding with two of them a couple of years ago, and they were telling me Obama wasn't a citizen because he'd lived in Kenya. They believe the news they get from right-wing news sources. They opine that some of the fact-checking sources are fake news. After seeing some of the things they post and believe, I wonder how people raised by my mother could be so radical. <laughs> I'll admit I was a person of conservative leanings, but after Bush, I do not think I'll ever vote for another Republican. Before that, I voted for people of both parties. Thanks for giving me a place to rant about this. I try not to rile my relatives by pointing out their failed beliefs. Thanks. So, yeah, anytime you just want to rant, wow. yeah, feel free to fire off an email to any of us. Yeah. It's a mental health service we provide for the community. It is. I didn't know I sent that Thanksgiving this year. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I want to read a second one. This is from a doctor, Dr. Uh, Sherry Luchanan. And she said, uh, oh, Okay. Keep going. Keep yeah. going. The name rings a bell. Yeah. Dr. Lou Channon says, I wish every American could read your column, How This Country Goes So Wrong, Why Are We So Afraid of the Other? When my grandfather immigrated from the Ukraine to escape World War I, he could not speak our language. He was sent to a mental hospital and never came out. Everyone thought he was just crazy. That was our family legacy and shame. Why do we continue to punish the others? That was, like, heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I, I was not expecting that. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting uh, how many – I got about 30 emails, and there were a, a fair number that had these kind of stories about, well, my grandfather or my cousin. Or, yeah. 
I think it, it kind of goes back to show you that um, at one point, pretty much every group that came here was really looked on as like, hey, you're not welcome at some point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, uh, this morning, I uh, Googled the phrase immigration cartoons. Of course, up came cartoons from the turn of the century. Tons of Irish. Absolutely. Uncle, uh, giant Uncle Sam's throwing Asians, Irish back over giant walls. <laughs> Get out of here. It's kind of the, and it kind of speaks towards, I, I love the movie um, Gangs of New York. Oh, yeah, that to yeah. me is always what I try to tell people to go look back on when they say like, hey, like, the, the, the good old days. This, this was nothing, you know. These the, there's no real equivalent to this invasion that we're seeing right now. Well, just go back and look at it as like, hey, like maybe not the exact same numbers, but this same rhetoric has yeah. been used yeah. pretty much every wave of new immigrants yes. into the country. The Irish had their own M- MS13. <laughs> yeah, I guess the black yeah. hands. Yeah, or the the top hat. Well, at least in the movies, there was yeah. the guys with the top yeah. hats. So. And I know you have a man crush on Leonardo. That too. The dude's a great actor. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It was really a, a catch me if you can. I don't think Sarah saw the movie because it's violent. I did not. Oh. I'm a, that's Daniel Day-Lewis too, Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's very, very violent. Very violent. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. watching that. Even, uh, even I found it disturbing. That's the scale of measure right there. But there's, you, maybe I find it disturbing. It's always on TNT where it's the PG cut. Oh, okay. so you maybe watch that. Where there's still some of the cussing, you know, but oh, you see the, the butcher knife yeah, raised, but not the eye gouging part. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. So That's... yeah, there's the bike ranch over there on the <laughs> east side that they're wanting to put in over by uh, Saguaro National Park East, and I was just at the uh, Pima County uh, uh, Board of Supervisors meeting where oh. they have approved it. It is good to go through. Controversy. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I was talking, I think we kind of talked about it earlier, Sarah, Mm -hmm. how it really is two natural constituencies kind of at odds together, the bicyclists and environmentalists. Yeah, That's usually who you would see coming together to make a monument or, you know, let's put some trails together. But in this case, they're at odds. Um, and I'm not sure which which side I really fall on on this one. Tell me about the uh, the re- is, is it a rezoning issue? Not a rezoning, it's, but it's, it's the a, property itself. It's the kind of structures that the, will be on the property. It's not not even as it's the principle of putting something in the buffer zone. Everything uh, that yeah, is yeah. everything. You, if you were to pull, pull up a map, everything now that is in the buffer zone, because you're like, wow, there's some because it's next to Saguaro East. Saguaro East, uh-huh, yep. yeah, yeah. In that buffer zone right now are what appear to be some ranch houses, but they're pretty spread out. Oh, like single residence. Yes. And so they do have a problem with kind of the clustering of it. Yeah. But just the fact that it's such a large footprint is really the big problem. With so many many people, um, cars, traffic, bike, cycling, traffic. um, It would literally be right outside of the front doors of Sapporo National Park East. So. It, I, there's arguments against, hey, it's going to change the makeup of the park right there at the, you know, right at right at where you are introduced to it. On the positive side, some of, or at least on the side of the bike ranch, folks are saying, well, don't you want more folks to visit? You know, your your national park, your the jewel of the area. Um, I can see both both sides on that. 
Uh, I think for me, though, the location of it really does bother me. Um, yeah, that's where my head drifts, saying, uh, hey, bicyclists, you could easily uh, start your ride a mile or two or three out from the exactly. monument and have a wonderful it's, time. It's just as pretty a ride, right? Um, yeah. So that, to me, is kind of why I would be, I'd come out against it, but I'm not totally like, hey, we need to, we need to make sure this doesn't happen. But, right. You know, it, it, I, w- I was I was surprised because I thought when you brought up bicycles, you were going to talk about Portland. <laughs> uh, because this is, the, I think uh, yesterday was Naked Bike Ride Day. Oh, I yeah. missed I think that's going to be more popular in Portland than, Arizona, than yeah. Tucson in the summer. In the summer, saying. you think? Yeah. Maybe. Hmm. What if you wear barbecue mitts oh, on your hands when you're... I, th- I was just thinking of wearing, like, pieces of meat. Like, there we go, we're out here. <laughs> a snack for yeah. when you're done. Yeah, exactly. It's like, there, I got her on my back here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, I think for me that's the, the real crux of the issue is, is this going to, in the environmental footprint that it's going to leave, is that something that is going to expand because um, once you let something into the buffer zone, what's, oh, what's the, Hey, we've got, what, well, it's going to be a smaller one now. You know, why not let that in to me? That's, that's the real danger. They could just make a big box store and have a bike track a bike. inside and just call it the velodrome. Oh, wasn't that the problem with, uh, down at the base of a mountain, there was some project. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was a velodrome. In, indoor really, or yeah. outdoor? Indoor, I think. That's huh. so funny because in and that's something you should put in your, your big city park. Like uh, San Francisco, New York, San Diego, they all have velodromes in their in their big parks. Yeah. Where you ride I I don't I'm not a big bike person. Yeah. I don't know, that might be my other reason for not wanting the bike ranch either. I I, I like my two legs and swimming. Yeah. The other, you know, end of the triathlon, that ain't me. But um yeah. I just I don't know. David, you, you, you ride. I right? do. I do ride. Like an old man. We're natural enemies. Yeah. yeah. In the I bunker. ride the, uh, the Chuck Huckleberry bicycle pass. <laughs> the Theodore Roosevelt of Southern Arizona. <laughs> do you have, do you have like the whole kit, the whole spandex? Oh, get no. Up? No, you have your own shirt. I, I look like a homeless person when I ride. I ride in sandals, shorts, and uh, a t-shirt, <laughs> and I, I ridicule, I ridicule between my ears those well-intentioned folks wearing their teddies, out on their bikes and their. Oh, they, I, I discovered the wonderful aspect of these spandex pants is the padding on your behind. I've heard that to that make is it a crucial. softer ride. That's, yeah. pretty, that's why I don't like the bikes. I just I can't I can't do it. Yeah, I I just stuff socks into my hip pocket. There Last time I was on a bike, my leg <laughs> fell off. It did. It did. Oh, Tell us. I, I want to hear the story. So I use a prosthetic leg. I have forever. As a kid, you don't need it, but you just use I, it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just use it. I don't uh, need it. Um, as a kid, I rode all the time. Never a problem. Used like a toe clip or whatever. Um, but my prosthesis was held on with a strap, like mm-hmm. a belt, mm-hmm. around my around my waist um a few years ago decided you know we're gonna we're gonna start exercising and we bought some bikes and i had my little helmet and i was all set to go and i was wearing uh shorts because it was in the spring as i recall um and my husband takes off he's a little ahead of me i get on and now my leg is held on only by suction 
And so um, I get on the seat and I lose suction and my leg falls off out of my shorts. And um, a car is driving by. Oh. And I felt so bad for whoever's like, oh, my God. Um, and I said, excuse me, honey. And he came back and put put, put me back together and went back inside and, and, and uh, sat on the couch for a while. It's so yeah, so we're trying good to he came back. Yeah, isn't that nice? That's yeah. very nice. Yeah. So cycling is while I enjoy it yeah. is not really in the cards for me until I can figure out a way to keep my leg on. Who knows what impact seeing you might have had on that couple or whoever's in that car. <laughs> may have transformed their lives. It could have. Yeah. Changed their beliefs about the cosmos. Yeah. Yeah. Cycling will do that for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for sticking with us through this uh, point being episode three uh, with of our new season. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So thank you, Eduardo. We, welcome. We want to hear from you. Please uh, send us some feedback, letters to the editor, guest opinion pieces at tucson.com slash opinion. You'll see the little links at the top. You can always email me directly at S-G-A-S-S-E-N at Tucson.com. That's sgasson at Tucson.com. And you can get in touch with me at E-C-E-L-A-Y-A e -C -E -L -A -Y -A at Tucson.com. And you can't find me anywhere, but feel free to email Eduardo and Sarah Snicker. My email and phone number are published alongside my cartoons on the editorial page. So you'll have to subscribe. <laughs> Very Please sneaky. Do. So, uh, as always, the views expressed belong to us and are not those of Lee Enterprises necessarily, which owns the star. So thanks. Have a great weekend. Have a great week, and we will talk to you next time. See you later, folks. Thank you.